0: Welcome to the Spark Youth Podcast. Spark is the youth ministry of the Enfield and Strathfield Anglican Church. Our mission is to gather to hear God's word, to grow in likeness, and to go in prayerful proclamation. To find out more about us, you can go to our website at fields.org.au forward slash spark. Or you can find us on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash youth underscore of underscore spark. Our world is very sceptical of authority. Think about America for a moment. There have been a lot of riots to protest against the corruption of the police, for example. Or think about President Trump. No one carries more authority in the world than President Trump, and yet who can you think of that gets mocked more regularly than President Trump? And this scepticism of authority is also deeply rooted in us as Australians. Australia began as a convict nation. So many of our ancestors, or the people who originally arrived in Australia, well, they were people that came over here because they were shipped over here by England for as little as stealing a loaf of bread. That would make you pretty sceptical of authority, wouldn't it? And this attitude is obvious for us when you think about How do your friends, or maybe even yourself, talk about your teachers at school? Or maybe the people in government? More often, it tends to be bagging them out, rather than speaking really high of them. We're sceptical of authority because people often abuse their authority. There's a very famous quote. Very famous quote, and it goes uh, like this. Um, Back, Next one. Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. That was Lord Acton talking about popes, right? But, but people in general. We all know someone who let power go to their head. And the more power someone has, the worse they tend to become. And it leads to all sorts of corruption. One of the guys in my tennis team, recently I was driving to a tennis match, he's from Mexico, and he started sharing with me how corrupt everything is over in Mexico, saying that um, the pretty much all of the poli- a lot of the a lot of the police are in the hands of the cartels. For those of us who have older siblings, we know how painful this truth can be. I remember I used to be the um, in a way took advantage of my role as the older brother. And one time, you know, watching te- like my brother was watching television. I came in, took the controller off him, and just changed the channel randomly and just started flicking. He got really angry. We had a fight, and I threw him into the wall. And he was literally sitting in the wall. And so um, we, we, I pulled him out of the wall and we put a painting over it and we walked away. Um, but you, maybe you've had a similar example of an older sibling who's just really abusing their authority as your older sibling. If this is so often our experience, then the question is, is all authority corrupt? Well, Romans chapter 13, verse 1 and verse 4 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God, for He is God's servant for your good. See, all lawful authority comes from God, who is the highest authority. Therefore, Christians should seek to respect authority because it comes from God. However, since the fall, mankind has rejected God's authority and destroyed the order He created. Adam and Eve were meant to submit to God and were told not to eat the fruit, but what happens? Well, the the man ignored God. The man and woman, they ignored God. And also the role between, and the authority between the male and the female was flipped upside down. The woman didn't listen to her husband, who was meant to pass on the instruction, don't eat from the fruit. And so she ate, and she passed the, the forbidden fruit on to her husband, who's just passively there. Whereas he was meant to pass on that instruction from God. The woman made an independent decision to eat the forbidden fruit. They undermined the order God established by seeking to rule themselves. And you know what? We're not all too dissimilar. There's an interesting example. In 1970, a man named Leonard Cassley didn't want to submit to the government anymore, so he declared a small area in Western Australia an independent province, called the province of Hutt. He called himself His Majesty Prince Leonard I of Hutt. But no government has ever accepted him or his province. Well, like Leonard Castley, we all want to govern our own lives and ignore God as our ruler. However, God cares for us too much to leave us in our brokenness. When he saves us, he also begins to restore the good order that he originally purposed in the beginning. And that's what this passage this week is all about. Last week we saw, as um, Brian helpfully um, reminded us of, that we need to put on the new self in Christ in how we talk and how we live. Well, this week we're going to see how to put on the new self in Christ with how we relate to those in authority and those under our authority. Well, Paul addresses those under authority first. And his word to them is, and this is my first point: we submit knowing Jesus will reward us. We submit knowing Jesus will reward us. In Colossians 3, 18 to 22a, if you're following along in your Bibles, you'll realise that there are three different uh, groups of people who are meant to be submitting. Verse 18, wives are told to submit to their husbands. In verse 20, children are told to obey their parents. And in verse 22, slaves are told they are to obey their masters. Now, the word for submit and, and obey mean pretty much the same thing. In our culture, the word submit is seen as a very negative thing. Many people associate the word submit with the idea of being a doormat, being kind of like a pushover. And also, many people think about people submitting, particularly women in marriage, as being abused by men in authority. And so the popular response is to want to deny that men and women have different roles. But can submission be a good thing? Well, the word submission actually comes from from in the Bible comes from the idea of the Greek army, found in the Greek military. Greek soldiers would lock their shields in something called the phalanx, um, uh, and and project project their speed out, making them almost impenetrable. Uh, as long as everyone kept their order, submission, um, then everything would go well, right? They would be safe and they would actually be able to work together effectively to win the battle. Submission, then, is keeping an order to protect the group. For our society to work, everyone needs to submit to someone. Think about it. It's a good thing for us to submit to Scott Morrison when he's telling us all to self-isolate and to do certain hygienic measures to make sure that we slow the spread of the coronavirus. That's a good thing. And it has been those who have failed to respect his words that have caused the recent outbreaks beginning in Melbourne, up through Sydney and then up to Queensland, right? People ignored it. And everyone submits. Even the Prime Minister submits to someone. When he wants to cross the road near a school zone, he submits to the traffic lady with the stop sign in her hand. And she prevents him from being hit by cars. All authority has been given by God for our good. So when we submit, verse 23 says, we should do it for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that when we do, verse 20 says, this pleases the Lord. Now many of you have Christian parents who listen to God's word and seek to do what is best for you. They listen to verses like verse 21, which says, fathers do not provoke your children. And so if you are in a Christian household, you're actually very blessed You have parents that want to obey God's word and do whatever they can for your good, knowing that's what God wants. It's much harder for people who don't have Christian parents. And yet God still calls them to submit to their parents because this is the order God established. And it assumes in the passage that most of the people who are in positions of authority from time to time will not use their authority in the appropriate way. For example, husbands are told that they need to not ...to not do it harshly. Fathers are told not to provoke their children... And, ...and masters are told to not do it unfairly. It assumes in this passage that most of the um, most of the masters the slaves work for... ...in verse 22 are not Christian. So what happens even though, when those in authority do not do what is right by you? When they abuse or mistreat their authority? If they're breaking the law then we can be thankful that we have a good system of justice and the police should be called. But this was not available to slaves in the first century. They didn't have a slaves' union they could complain to, for example. And even today, our parents or our bosses don't do what's right by us all the time. But sometimes they're not doing that, but they're also not breaking the law. What do we do then? Well, here is what Paul says. Bond servants obey in everything, or slaves those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, as people pleases, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Slaves are to obey their masters in everything, not by way of eye service, as people pleases. Well, this is just another way of saying... Not just when their master is watching. Instead, they should work knowing God is watching them all the time. So they should do it with sincerity of heart, which literally means with single mindedness of heart, fearing the Lord. When they work, they should have the attitude that in verse 24 they are serving the Lord Christ. While there are some difficulties and differences between slaves and masters, for example, slaves could not choose their own masters. Like when you when you work for an employer, you can quit and you can start up with someone else. There's actually some parallels today that you can draw between slaves and masters but, and employers and employees. If you have a job, then no matter how unimportant or how trivial the tasks are that you're asked to do, you should be doing every task for Jesus. So no one should ever say of a Christian in the workplace that they're a slacker. Christians should be the hardest of workers. But we don't do it for the money, and we don't do it for the praise, and we don't do it for the recognition from other people. We do it for God. And when your parents tell you to do something like clean up your room, or do your homework, or help your sibling with whatever... Where to put our whole heart into it. Work heartily, right? Put your whole heart into it. Not just when your parents are watching. We do it for Jesus, who's always watching. Why should we work for God's eyes and not our boss's eyes or our parents' eyes? Well, firstly, we should, it says we should fear God, right? We're all going to be held accountable by God. But in verse 23, it says that we who trust in Jesus will receive the inheritance of as our reward however badly we are treated we will receive a fair reward for our service this promise has been so would have been so precious to slaves who didn't have any property back in those days that they will give receive an inheritance from the lord what is this inheritance in the old testament the inheritance language was talking about the promised land filled with milk and honey and all the blessings of god and prosperity and in the New Testament, that language of inheritance is the, the promised land idea is, is kind of picked up with the kingdom of God in heaven, right? Where there is no more crying, no more pain, no more sickness, no more death. And where we get to be with God forever, where he will wipe every tear from our eyes. And there will be no more pain and no more death. Our true master is there, God himself. And he will be, and we will be with him in perfect peace and joy forever. Well, Paul also has a word for those in authority, which is my second point. We lead, knowing Jesus will judge us. We lead, knowing Jesus will judge us. As we've already seen, God has established authority for our good. Now, a biblical view of a leader is meant to be like a point man in an army. What do I mean? Well, a point man is the person that stands out in front of the platoon with a weapon and, and with a radio and they're clearing away danger. They're defusing booby traps. They're calling back to the unit to warn them or to advise them when they can move forward. In such a case, submitting to the point man is actually what's going to keep you alive. It's for your good. This is the role God has given to those in leadership, particularly husbands and parents. But we know that people don't always lead like this. For example, in, in verse 25 to 4, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bond service justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. The first century Roman slaves didn't have rights. Slaves were at the mercy of their master, but Christians, Christian masters should act differently. They should treat their slaves justly and fairly. Why? Because they have a master in heaven who never turns a blind eye. And this is really good news. Communism in places like Russia and North Korea, is infamous for how poorly people in authority treat those under their authority. This is from a torturer um, that said this, There is no God, no hereafter, no punishment for evil. We can do what we wish. I have heard one torturer even say, I thank God, in whom I don't believe, that I have lived to this hour where I can express all the evil in my heart. He expressed it in unbelievable brutality and torture inflicted on prisoners. And so one a person who suffered under communism for many years, named Alexander, he said, But if I were asked today to formulate as concisely as possible the main cause of the ruinous revelation or the, the really bad um, situation that happened that swallowed up some 60 million of our people, I could not put it more accurately than this. Men have forgotten God, and that's why all of this has happened. If there's no God, it doesn't matter. There's no punishment. For doing wrong and there's no reward for doing good. But there is a God who will hold masters and slaves and parents and husbands and torturers to account for their actions. The wrongdoer will be paid back for their wrong. There will be no favoritism. As we have seen, authority is easily corrupted and yet God's intention is that it is exercised well. Because Christians who lead know Jesus will judge them. And it's a beautiful thing when people exercise their authority with Jesus in mind and with Jesus as their model. In fact, to trust in Jesus means to submit your whole life to Jesus. All Christians must learn to submit before they can learn to lead well. I'll say that again. All Christians must learn to submit before they can learn to lead well. If you can't submit, you won't be able to exercise authority faithfully. But knowing how amazing our King is helps us to learn to submit. Because Jesus always submitted to his Father in heaven and that's how we're saved. So if you haven't trusted Jesus yet today, think of how good a master Jesus is. He'll always treat you well. And if you're a Christian, look to Jesus as your model. And I want to close with an illustration. The Port Arthur Massacre in 1996 was a mass shooting in which 35 people were killed and 23 people wounded in Port Arthur, Tasmania. And I want you to read, I want you to hear some of the descriptions of the people, particularly the, the husbands who died. Peter Nash shot death as shielding his wife in a cafe. Dennis Lever shot in a cafe after pushing his wife under a table. Ron Jerry shot in cafe while trying to push his wife to safety. Raymond Sharp shot in cafe while trying to protect his wife. Kevin Sharp shot in cafe while shielding his wife. Now that is tragic But how beautiful is it that those husbands exercise their authority in such a beautifully sacrificial way. This is the kind of leadership that someone could submit to. It's the kind of leadership that is mindful of God the judge. It models Christ's sacrificial leadership. It's the kind of leadership that makes people see how good our God is.